Hello and you're very welcome to this week's On Track with Talking Dogs. My guest this week is another young greyhound enthusiast who hails from Dublin. She loves every aspect of the sport from breeding, rearing and racing. She's enjoyed some great nights at the track and is looking forward to tasting more success. My guest this week is Janine Barber. Well, thanks for having me. You're very, very welcome. I suppose, first of all, just like we ask all our guests each and every week, tell us a little something about your own background and your involvement with dogs. Um, my dad bought a dog um, on Paddy Kill with a forest dog one night in the pub. It's funny because you wouldn't go out often, but that's how it started. Um, the dog called Wait for the Will. And after that, then it was just everyone loved them then. Uh, we had a few of Paddy Kill and we were quite lucky to get good dogs straight off the bat and my dad had good dogs like Ravenswood Ross he was my grandest dog and the whole family traveled down to Clomel to see him run and then we had a really good bitch called Smooth Rhythm and she was a track record breaker and all of our breeding still goes back to her Um, and then we had our own kennels built in 2006-2007 and then the whole family my sister Leslie my sister Anna me and my dad, we all got involved then, and we trained our own. And, yeah, that's really, like, we all went up at the weekend and in the evenings, and we all just really loved it. And it's great to have those wonderful childhood memories, so, with uh, dogs growing up. Yeah, I wouldn't have liked to grow up any uh, other way. We were mad about them, and they take up a lot of your time, but in a good way. And... Yeah, just great memories. Like, we have great crack with them, and they're just brilliant to have, really. And the part of Dublin that you're from, obviously, Harold's Cross had a very special place in your hearts as well. Yeah, I grew up going to Harold's Cross. It was a great community there. Um, we were racing there every week, really, and it was very seldom that we came home from the track on a Friday night without a winner. We had really good Harold's Cross dogs um, when it was open, um, we had great, really good dogs. We had really good crack with them. Uh, we had dogs like Ravens with Billy and Ravens with Buck. They were all close to getting dog of the year nearly every year there. And, um, yeah, he made lifelong friends on House Cross. You still see it now at the track. Some of them still go, and we all know each other, and we'd all have a chat every week. Yeah, people always said that about Harold's Cross, that it was always uh, full and supported by real doggy people. Yeah, yeah. There is some people still left from Harold's Cross. It's sad to say that some aren't there now. But we're all great friends, and I think you'll see it when um, some people from Harold's Cross maybe get to a final or are in one of the classics. Everyone's rooting for them, and everyone still supports each other from Harold's Cross. You're very passionate, as you said, about Harold's Cross, and you took part in, of course, the protests that were taking part that time about the sale of Harold's Cross. Yeah, we did. We went to the protest outside the doll, and we brought two of our bitches at the time, Ravenswood Emily and Ravenswood May. And we were only laughing about that the other day. We had to park in town, and we were in Stevens Green Shopping Centre, and we had to put the two bitches in the lift with us. And we were laughing about that because the bitches thought this was great. Like, they had a day out and they are meeting everyone outside. And it was it was very good. But it was nice to see, like, bringing the dogs. Everyone got to see them. And it was a big thing for everyone. Like, it, everyone took it to heart when it closed, you know. But I suppose we are blessed in this country that we have so many wonderful tracks right across the country, really. 
yeah, brilliant tracks and there's a sense of community, I think, at all of them. We were in Enniscorthy during the summer and they get a really good crowd in, all young people coming in to the dogs, having a laugh with their friends. It's a really friendly track. Everyone says hello and even if they don't know you, they're just very welcoming. And I noticed as well that you raced quite a lot at Dundalk. Yeah, at the start of the year, we moved um, mainly all the dogs up to Dundalk. We just had um, two litters uh, close together that produced mostly graders. So um, Shelburne was um, hard for them running. So we brought them to Dundalk and we had um, really good luck up there. Um, We mainly school our pups in Dundalk because it's only 45 minutes from the kennels. So when we brought them back for racing, they took to it uh, really well. And at the minute, we have a dog called Ravenswood Mitch running there. And he is at the top of the rankings for most wins this year. He just got his ninth win on Saturday. So we're delighted with them. Oh, absolutely. Brilliant stuff. But as you mentioned there, Dundalk, it is a wonderful track. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's looked after really well. Uh, everyone's lovely up there. We've made friends up there now and we have a chat with them every week. And... um the dogs are looked after and they're graded really well up there. That's all that matters really, is that getting a fair crack at a whip? Yeah, it can be disappointing when you're going into the track and you think you might have a three-year-old that they're not going to improve and they are what they are, that's their time. And you know they're in against a pup that could possibly improve. And it's hard for the dogs if they're getting beaten every week because it does knock their confidence and you can sour them. Yeah, but that's the same story really right across the country, isn't it? Oh, yeah, big time. And I think I think that's what everyone's looking for. They're looking for a track that's going to have the dogs for their dogs. And if you have graders, you do need to move around. You know, we had graders and you couldn't, you couldn't stay in Shelburne. You have to move for the dogs. And what's the whole appeal of Greyhound Racing for you? I, I really love because we breed all our own. I love when you feed them when they're younger, you're with them when they're born, then you're rearing them. Uh, everything that goes into them, then you school in them. And to see them go from tiny little babies to you don't know what they are when you bring them to the track and to get a good one, it's just, it's deadly. Because you've done, you've done all the work and it's a lot of hard work and it's a sense of pride when you see it. Like even if they are A5, but you know they're putting it in and they're like really genuine, it, it makes it all worth it. And how early on do you think that you'd know that maybe that you have a good one on your hands? Schooling can take a long time for some. I think by the time they're 18, 20 months, you'd have a fair idea. But you can have dogs that it just takes them ages to learn how to track or they might be a big 80-pounder. And it's just going to take them a while to get their legs gone. They can be two-year-olds. I know we had a, I had my own dog, Ravens with Hugo, in 2019. He started running and he's doing 28, 30 in Shelburne. He's flying. He wasn't doing that before because it just took him ages to track and to learn that he had to wait for a spot to open up. And that was when he was two years old. So I just think um, it depends on the dog, really. There's an awful lot of hard work involved, but there's great reward. Oh, yeah. Like, um, if you have a good dog, you just start waiting for the night he's running. We had a bitch, Ravenswood Emily, in 2015. She was in the final of the Sporting Press Irish Oaks and she was third in the final to bite Oi Honey and Hobex Princess and I just remember like that was just uh, all the buzz like the whole week you were waiting for Saturday night and I remember when we 
decided to put her in it. I seen the ad in the Sporting Press and I said to my dad, oh, we should put Emily in that. And he said, oh, we might do, yeah. And I joked at the time, we, if the final is on the 20th of June and we were going away on holiday that morning. And I said, oh, we'll have to change our flights. And my dad said, oh, just get through the first round. And on the night of her semi-final, she ran the best race she's ever ran and she won. And we couldn't believe it. I think we were all like on cloud nine. I rang my mom straight away and said, "Mom, change the flights. We're not going. We'll have to go out the next morning." And we did. And oh, even though she didn't win, it was just how you just because you got there. Like it was just huge. As you mentioned there, the whole breeding side of the business is hugely interesting as well, isn't it? Oh yeah, it's a massive amount of work. Um, we always we always look forward to having pups, but my sister Leslie, she's brilliant now with the bitches pupping and all the pups like she's really really good and uh, we'd be lost without her like some of us wouldn't be there if she wasn't there um but we always joke like on the night or if she's having them we're like why do we do this to ourselves because you'd be worrying because the bitches are yours and you don't want anything to happen to them um but it's great on like a week after and you're on the other side and everyone's doing well like it is it's great and it's a lot of work then and we're in we have three litters on the ground at the minute and we're just flat out. Yeah, as you mentioned, there's an awful lot of hard work involved just, just keeping them sound really is a job in itself. Yeah, we have um, nine 12-month-old pups at the minute out of Lockhill Blake and Ravenswood Way and they'll be starting to school in the new year and we're really excited about these. Um, they're a repeat baiting of May's first litter and she threw the English Oaks winner in the first litter um, but yeah, it's trying to keep them sound now in the winter, especially we have most of them in, but it's because you can't run them on the hard ground and in the weather and they're out in um, bad weather at the minute, but obviously they're, they're well fed and they're in a warm bed, but it's very hard and you just, you want them all sound. And um, one of the bitches in the litter actually broke her leg at six months and she was in a cast on Leslie's couch for months, probably more time than she needed to be. And um, but she's she's brilliant now. She's out in the field running around, and you never know she might make it to the track. Yeah, fingers crossed. She will. You mentioned as well there, uh, nutritional and feed crucially important as well, of course. Yeah, hugely important. I think what you put into your dog is what you get back out. Um, we like my dad would have got his the way he feeds his dogs from. Paddy and Margaret Cho um, with the forest dogs like they probably taught my dad everything he knows and then my dad I know everything from my dad really um, and they're fed really well like ours are spoiled rotten they get the best of the best and uh, nothing nothing less but as we say it's very hard work 24-7 365 days a year yeah yeah there's never a day goes by when you're not doing something with the dogs Um you're up early in the morning, you're out late at night. And even if you're off or on your mind, you're always worrying about them or there's always something going on. And as you know, this series of podcasts is all about young people involved in the sport. Quite a lot have got involved recently and quite a lot of them enjoying great success. Yeah, it's great to see. There's plenty of young people in the sport now and you see a lot of sons and daughters of trainers now taking out their own trainer's licence. It's great to see because they're the future of the sport.
And for young people maybe um, contemplating getting involved in the sport, what advice would you have for them? I think they should just do it and put your time into them because if you, like, if you have a happy dog, they run well for you. And there's always someone around at the dogs to give you a hand, to give you advice. If you need a hand galloping or you're at the track, someone will be there. And there's a lot of kind people at the track. A lot of people are there to help you, you know. And do you think anything could be done maybe to help younger people once they start off in the sport? I think to get people to the track, social media is a big thing. I think majority of people have at least one on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. Um, I think that's a big thing in advertising big nights at the track. Um, I think it's a really good idea with bringing their tired dogs to the track because even though it's for a rehoming, a purpose of rehoming dogs, it's nice for people to see what they're actually like. And just if you took to one and you said, oh, I'll train them at home, it'd be nice. And of course, um, a lot of people out there that don't know that much about the sport just don't realise what wonderful pets they do make. Yeah, I, I think they make the best pets. Like, they're they're wonderful. And I'd have a house full of them now if we didn't have smaller dogs at home. Um, they're just really, like, kind-hearted. I don't think there's, like, a bad bone in their body. And they're really sweet. I think, they, like, for me, they put me in good form. And they're always happy out. And they don't really look for much, really, sure. They don't just... A food, a comfy couch, and a bit of exercise. That's all, really. Yeah, that's it. And I think all the greyhounds really want is your time. I think if you put your time into them, you'll you'll see that they do. They don't want. They just want a bowl of food, a warm bed, and a cuddle, really. And what state do you think the sport is in at present? I think there's a a lot of people saying because we had a we had a very bad time when the RTE. Doc, um, documentary came out but I think we're on the up again I think it will turn over again I think we didn't get our, our side in and with um, I know there's videos done with um, Damien Matthews organised and they came across great and everyone was sharing them on social media but I think once we keep going with that and keep sharing kennel visits and all that kind of stuff it'll, it'll turn around so as far as you're concerned, the future of the sport is bright. Yeah, I think if young people are still joining in, it'll, it'll keep going. And before we leave the go, um, you might give us a few dogs you have at home there, maybe to keep an eye on over the coming weeks. At the minute, we just have two racers. We have Ravenswood Mitch and Ravenswood Julie in Dundalk. Julie's out tomorrow night, so fingers crossed. And Mitch didn't get out this week, but he's really running well and he had his win on Saturday, so I'd, I'm... I'd say he's due another win before the end of the year. And then in the new year, it'll be our Lug Hill Blake pups. Um, we'll have one of them is going to uh, Pack Wheel and Laura Earl. Her name's Lunatic. So I hope she is a little flyer for them. And then Tommy and Peggy Sneed have bought um, a dog pup called Brave Beagle. And uh, we'll hope he's the derby winner for them. But I really have uh, high hopes for that litter. Listen, thanks for joining us on this week's podcast. Can I wish you nothing but the best of luck and we'll chat to you soon. Yeah, bye. That's it for this week's On Track with Talking Dogs. My thanks once again to Janine and my thanks to you as always for listening. My name is Rory Burke, inviting you to join me again next week right here for a brand new 
on track with Talking Dogs.